make sure you listen because this might be the last time you hear. <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of My Mic Sounds Nice, a freestyle conversation about health, relationships, and culture. Today we are coming together for a short segment to honor the life, legacy, and lyrics of, as people are saying, the one out of one, Mr. Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. So in the spirit that is X, we wanted to come and give it to you. So I'm one of the hosts. My name is Tim, a.k.a. that kid from Brooklyn. This is a New York vibe for a minute. So let's get into it, fellas. My mic sounds nice. This is Kevin coming from the Bronx, a.k.a. the self-disciplined recorder. Let's go. This is Aaron coming from Long Island. Dark Man X, we had to come together for you, brother. Let's get it. Yep. So on April 9th, uh, which was yesterday, uh, he passed away and... The hip hop world and the world beyond that is is mourning, and you see a lot of tributes, a lot of passion, a lot of emotion that often doesn't get shown and displayed. And I think it would be a dishonor to talk about X and not reflect on the broad range of emotions that he brought. So let's get into it. How you feeling? But when I think about DMX and he just brought energy. I wasn't necessarily like this great DMX fan, but every time you listen to a DMX song, you're always happy. <laughs> you always your head is always nodding. He, he he brings this energy that very few artists, like even even the great artists, even the people that we revere, they don't bring the same type of energy out in a crowd that he brings out. And I I find him it, it's. He's a he's a rare gem, and it's unfortunate that you know that he's passed early. Yeah, picking up on that, Kevin and I were talking about him yesterday, and Kevin, you know, made that same point, and he I started thinking when he said it, and he was the '90s version of the '80s KRS-One in terms of energy. You know, he just his stage show was live. His music transcended that stage show energy. You know, a lot of people can give you a great show. Not everybody can give you that great show feeling on just a regular record. And he didn't do it once or twice or three times or ten times. He just did it. He didn't know any other way to be but to give you every emotion he had. Whether if it was anger, it was the top of anger. Whether it was... His pain, he gave you all of his pain. He didn't know how to share anything of himself, but 100% authenticity. And you got to salute that. Yeah. And and the thing is with X, honestly, you can get just as amp from his interviews and, <laughs> and, and moments being True. caught on the street as yeah. well as stage performances. So yeah. to the point that I think the energy and the sincerity of the stage performance represented be so well because that really was who he was. Like, you know, some people, they got to get into the booth and they almost transform 
into this other figure, which is part of their identity. But then when you see them outside of that space, you get to see something else. But somebody who could just film him passing on the street, like he may just start praying and just spitting gems on the corner. And you might be like, yo, I need to throw a beat under that because (laughs) that's a record. And then when he's giving you the records and I still don't believe there's been anyone that's giving you two number one albums in the same year. Yeah. The way oh, that he did yeah. in nine in in um ninety-eight. Yeah. When and Tim, he did that when that wasn't done in music. Yes. Where where the the thought had always been let it give breathe. an album, <laughs> let it breathe for a year and a half. You know, think about, you know, the Janet Jackson and the Michael Jackson albums in the eighties and videos. You know, an album can go eighteen months. Yeah. You could have you'd have a number one single fifteen months in. I think part of that though was Leo uh Cohen and Def Jam needing that loot. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It, but it but business. that but but he delivered. Yes. Yes. I mean, just because they asked for it doesn't mean that yeah. he got to give you two gems, and he exactly. gave you two gems. But I, I'm I'm also glad I think uh, another generation got a chance to connect with him when he did the verses with Snoop. Yes. Yes. Uh, I am super excited that BET was able to get the Rough Riders Chronicles yeah. uh, miniseries done. Like so, there's there's current things that are out for younger yeah. people because I you know I have people my son's age and looking at their IG and and they were putting it up, but I know they're not coming from the same vantage point as we are reflecting. But it was them being able to have a connection and and as Kev said that you you feel that energy even if you don't fully understand it or process it. So it may not be that it's like, all right, the way X style is, is my favorite style. But, you know, if you got a game to go into, who you want to hear in that huddle? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and, and I can say being a minister, it's kind of a short list of who I may want to hear pray. (laughs) <laughs> the way X prayed that it's like, yo, <laughs> yeah. he, he going to make you think about what you believe, even if you didn't necessarily think you believe in anything, because that was just how, Who how he, was, he how yeah. he brought it. And for me, I think like he represents that dynamic and duality of that struggle that we all go through to varying degrees. Like he yeah. just did it in his music. He did it on stage you know, we all have had certain moments where we felt the worst of ourselves and other moments where we felt the best of ourselves. You know, we don't always show up as the best husbands in the world, the best friends in the world, the best brothers in the world. So if we was to do an activity, we could we could go through X's discography and probably put together a real good puzzle soundtrack of how we even see ourselves. <laughs> and that to me is the genius of X. Spe- speaking of uh, the soundtrack, and you're just talking about just how authentic, how just he always seemed to be. This was who he was, and that's how he was all the time. I was looking at some of the discography, and his first song was Born Loser. 
you know, on I think Columbia or whatever. Didn't come out, but it's very early. But you look at the titles. Titles for the albums. It's Dark Hell is Hot. Flesh of My Blood. Blood of My Blood. Um, and then there was X, the Great Depression. All of these things, it spoke to the pain that he was living in, the pain that he dealt with in life from seemed to be since birth or from a very young age. And in some ways, it's almost like he, he just didn't have a chance. Yeah, he, I mean, this is a man who felt companionship with dogs greater than human beings because he had been let down by so many human beings that he, it was an unconditional love. He learned unconditional love through animals at a young age. And to think that he turned that pain into becoming one of the greatest artists in the world, one of the great voices of hip hop, um, is a testament to, you know, sometimes you're, you know, the worst parts and the best parts of you are, are originated from the same place. So it's, it hurts me. I feel like when I think of DMX, it saddens me because I feel like human beings failed him often in his life, even in the Rough Riders Chronicles. And I'm not judging because I've had people who've had issues, you know, dealt with personal issues and addictions and things in their life, in my life. And I understand how difficult it is, but it's almost like it was like a, a, a hood answer to his addiction. Like, let's take him in you know, hold him up in a house to try and get him clean, you know, rather than getting to the root of his pain so he could deal with his pain and, and, and move on. But to do what he did at 50 years old um, and go to the peaks, despite having been born in the Valley is a shout out to his life and shout out to everything he did. Yeah. And to what you just said, A, that you think about it is that it's not too far-fetched to believe that him writing his pain was probably more therapeutic for the listener than than him him. as the writer. Because at some point it was viewed as commerce and then the people around him, like they're doing the best they can with what it is that they know. Yeah. And 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 having taught creative writing for 25 years, there's definitely a therapeutic aspect to writing it down. But at best, you're beginning to reveal what could lead to your diagnosis. The diagnosis is not the treatment. Yes. I think for the listener, we were able to find ourselves. And then I think some of us, honestly, it became a level of treatment because we were in different settings so it's almost like you're the scientist or the doctor that invents the the vaccine invents the medicine but you're not necessarily taking it you your your genius is going outward and not coming back inward and and then when you hear the highs you think that that person is good and then what you start to judge as good really is distorted you did be because yeah, you know yeah. because it's like okay, if all of my days I was sad and all of my days I was crying, if I'm able to get through half a day and be like I only cried twice today, 
wow, Tim, you're really good. But in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> I'm really not. You know, Kev, you're an yeah. educator. You've had those kids where it's like, oh, the reading level moved. All right, but if you were six years behind, we're yeah. going to say you progressed. But at the end of the year, you're still four years behind. But <laughs> I get to say, yo, I'm a great teacher because I moved the needle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife always say that. It's like almost impossible to get a kid to go up more than one reading level in a year, you know, in a class from other students. But like you said, if you're behind three years, that kid is still in the hole, man. So, yeah. And you, and you will be judged as a good school. Yo, yo, hey, so when you were talking about the um, about the Rough Riders or kind of their approach to his addiction, it reminds me of there's this, there's this saying that says uh, about addiction. You ask about, you talk about my drink, but you don't ask about my thirst. And... And that, that, that's, that's basically it. And that's kind of, that's almost like the life story of, you know, for all of us. When we're doing, when we go wrong, when we're doing things, if we kind of repeat these negative behaviors, if we don't dig into uh, what the thirst is, what, what's really causing it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to come out, hard to come out of that. Yeah. And, you know, DMX, he just, he struggled. He struggled, struggled, struggled. I, I think he should be a beaming light for young kids out there or people out there who, find themselves with great difficulties and they feel like they're behind the eight ball. You know, he was homeless at one point in time and became a great star. So I, I look at DMX as a duality, even though stardom doesn't mean that, you know, was okay or that he was healed, but he was able to do great things in life. And I think there are people out there who should look at, Hey, it doesn't matter what my situation is that I can, you know, I can grow from this and I can do more. I think DMX is a perfect example of that for people out there. Yeah, there, there was an awesome tribute from Roxanne Shante on IG where she was just talking about the plight of being in the foster system, which DMX was. Absolutely. And, and you know, I just think I hope that in this moment, we look at our conditions more broadly. We definitely take a different view of addiction. At, at Kev, you you said something really powerful about the thirst and understanding that we can succumb to addictions that are not just the the drugs that get put out there. That there's food addictions. Like there's so many things that we think we're controlling, but it's actually controlling us. And Absolutely. I just hope that in this moment, and I love, hey, you always bring up the the spirit and the energy of the barbershop. And, and I hope that in the barbershop, that maybe there's just some real conversations where we can start talking about mental health, where we really can, like, can we show up and say, yo, today I'm really not feeling well. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, and not be judged because of that. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and if we're brothers, we've got to be there for each other in that way. If we're really going to be about being men. Yeah. And and the definition of being a man, being uncomfortable is part of being a man. So if you have an uncomfortable situation that you got to deal with with your brother, you that's you want to talk about man up. Don't tell me about you had a gun or something. <laughs> T tell me about some you handled some real difficulty. <laughs> As a human being, you know, that's true manhood. No doubt. You know. So let me ask you, what is, what is, what's what's your favorite what's your what's your what's one of your favorite or a couple of your favorite just DMX 
joints. Because <sighs> we, we can't, we can't, we can't celebrate the dog <laughs> and, and and not talk a little bit about it. His music. You, and, you yeah. know what? It's funny uh, because what listening, I've been listening to his music this morning, and it got me feeling like it's. 12 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so, At, you know, quite early. So now we know when we record by Mike Sounds Nice, yes, we yes. are making sure that A Love gets Got some DMX, get, right? Gets the dog. Get the DMX fix. Uh, there is a, a lyric in X Gonna Give It To You where he goes, It ain't even about the dough. It's about getting down what you stand for, yo. And you know, it's typical DMX line where it's not really complex in its wordplay, but it what it stands for is everything that DMX is, where it's like, I don't really care about the money. I care about the the essence, the principles. Like he he lived by a code and it was obvious and it was I do this because I love it. I do this because I am who I am. X gonna give it to you is probably my favorite song to get song uh, and Rough Riders Anthem are probably my favorite two songs and It's Dark and Hell is Hot is probably my uh, favorite album. Got you. Got you. Uh, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be X going to give it to you that just that, that's, that's ready for the workout to, to, to face a bad parent meeting or, or, or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, and then just kind of the one, the, the quintessential X is, uh, to me, just slipping. Where he's just, oh, yeah. Where yeah he's he's yeah. just talking about like that kind of particularly yeah. the line where it's like it was, wasn't my fault. Something I did to make a father leave his first kid. Like kind of just. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, for me, in addition to all of that, if I had to choose one song, is Who We Be. Okay. Uh, from the Great Depression album which uh, kind of concept-wise is my favorite album. The, the energy of X Want to Give It To You and the Rough Riders anthem, like shout out to Swiss, that... That's in the museum. That's in the canon. Like, I don't yeah. need the Library of Congress to validate that. I don't need the Grammys <laughs> to validate that because like, you just know what it means to you. And, and like, we were growing up in that time. But for me, as a teacher at the time and using hip hop in the classroom, like just what Who We Be stood for and just where it talks about the silence, the dark, the mind so fragile, the wish, the streets would have taken you when they had you, the days, the months, the years, despair on my knees. On, and one night on my knees, here it comes, the prayer. I feel like that just summarized who he was and being yeah. able to use this in a classroom, challenging in particular young young men. It's like they don't know who we are. And until we know who we are, we're never going to be able to go as far as we could be once we realize who we are. And so speak on it. Speak was, on it. That was that was it for me. It was it was who it was who we be. Wow. Well, that's a good choice, man. Yeah, that's 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 well said. You know, in all of this, we ain't even talk about his acting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, we ain't even talk about the acting. And to me, my my favorite scene of his acting is in uh in top five when Chris Rock is arrested and he's in there and you just hear the growling. 
He's like, yo, you love, and he's giving advice, and it's like, that's that's X. (laughs) (laughs) Me, I I love, I, I I appreciate Belly, and I and Nas because Nas was talking about how, in some ways, like almost awestruck he felt having to act opposite DMX. And so you're talking about Nas being one of the most prolific MCs, but in this space, yeah, Nas is being pushed. Nas is being stretched because X is just yeah. killing it. Like for all yeah. intents and purposes, X became Tommy. Yeah, yeah. like he did. He did the Tupac. Uh, yeah, I was about to say like <laughs> he, he he was yeah he was Tupac. He became, <laughs> where it's like you're looking at it. Where you're almost losing yourself, where it's like, oh man, like this, this was perfect. Like nobody else could have been Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, man. I, I didn't mean to jump on your point. I, I, yeah. I, you know, but yeah, you're you're so right about that, Tim. Because when I thought about his acting, I didn't think about Belly, and you know, Hype Williams, one of the great visual directors of our time. You know, they really had no script for Belly. And it's obvious, and the writing for Belly is terrible. And DMX took a role and made, it's almost like what, I'm not saying he is Denzel, but he did what Denzel did in Training Day, where Denzel took an average movie and made it a classic. Yes. You know, DMX took a movie that would be have been an instant hood forgotten film and that combined with the great visuals of of Hype Williams made it a hood classic even even though the story and the plot is convoluted and yeah the ending is like huh but but you but, think but you think about it in in the, everything that you just said is so x yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah which made yeah. it believable that it's like yes. yo you you got the suit on now. You you got the gun to the minister. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "Can I talk to you?" Yes. That that's believable. Yes, him, yes. Him going murdering the dude for ox. That's believable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. He that's he. There, there isn't an inauthentic moment in his acting in that film. Yeah, you know, I, my favorite scene in the film is when. You know, and I don't remember the cat's name when they was at the uh, the restaurant, and you know Tommy was hyping him up, and the guy shoots the guy, and he just sits there, <laughs> yeah. he just sits there and gets arrested. He's like, like yo, I'm, you, I gonna need let, a- you gonna let your man say that about you? Like, yeah, what? Like, and then and then he gives him, then he gives him the head nod, like, do it, <laughs> <laughs> and then he jets. And he's sitting there. Yeah, he just sits there like whatever. Like and he's like, yo, sincere, I gotta get out before my yeah. prince get here. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, why didn't you get up and walk away? But uh, I, but it was the fact that he did it was so believable. Like you ever like, been just so tired or just don't care? You're like, you know what? Yeah, whatever. It's like it is what it is. Like everybody yeah. else is running. <laughs> like whatever <laughs> you and you chill it, but uh, but you're right. The acting was 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 there. Was there yeah, was no, no. He and there. and I could. It's a good point what you say because I could see Nas feeling intimidated because that's Nas's. If I'm not mistaken, his first real role, if not first role, completely. Yeah, DMX was giving it to you like a seasoned actor. 
Yeah, he he, def- <laughs> he definitely was. <laughs> wow. So, Dark Man X. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, man. And then for all of us in our in our early fifties, man, it's it's not too late to make the changes that you need to make. It's not too late to push towards that light, whatever that light represents for you. Uh, let's be better friends to one another. Let's be brother brothers yeah. to one another. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Time I, is I, short. You know, Life is short. I feel like the. You, what I'm like it is that as people are remembering him, they're pulling out so many other parts of him. Like they're not just pulling out like this was the top hit. Like you're you're finding yeah. they're pulling out interviews, they're pulling out yeah. snippets from other things on top of that. And so I hope that we use that as sort of a blueprint to how we start to interact with one another while we're still alive. Like I, in some way, I really wish. He could have felt it. Maybe he did. But just the amount of love and support that he received during this past week, like to me, when Scratch said it best, he prayed for us. Now, let's pray for him. Yeah, it was nothing else that needed to be said. And it's like because even at his worst point. He was always thinking about other people and what a a way to live. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, you could see in his heart that he was a, he was his essence. He was Earl, the child that was hurt. Yes, who wanted to be loved and wanted to love everybody. Yes, you know, and, and that that played out over and over and over again. And childhood hurt, unlike milk, <laughs> doesn't have an expiration date. Nope. Yeah, it, it, it's watching him, watching his life, and just thinking about it, and just having been in education for so long. You've seen a bunch of, of of Earls. You've seen a bunch of DMXs. They might not reach his heights, but you've seen them struggle with that pain and, you know, a couple of steps forward, some steps back. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, often they, they say that money doesn't change you. Money makes you just more of what you were. It made yeah. him more of what he was. But, you know, what we said, he wasn't a bad person. He just a person with some struggles. And yeah, the money yeah. couldn't change, couldn't get rid of those struggles. That's right. No doubt. That's right. No doubt. Well, this is my mic sounds nice. We we signing off on a special episode. Uh, we're gonna slide this out to you in between our regular recording of our episodes because that's what we do. And like I said, we, if something happens in the health space, the relationship space, and the culture space, know that my mic sounds nice is on it. That's right. That's right. That's right. My mic sounds nice. This is Kev. My mic sounds nice. This is Aaron. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't for copyright laws, we'd open and close this show with some DMX joints. <laughs> I can't do that for you folks. But, but no, you, can that's go, what, you could do it yourself. Go you can do it to, yourself. Listen to X. Listen yes. to our show. Then go yes. back and listen to X. Yes. That's right. That's right. My mic sounds nice. See ya. Peace. Peace. Good one, fellas. Thank you.